welcome to The Sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host, Israel, and my guests today are Nick and Matilde. They are doing this, what I tend to call crazy adventure, where they are going to drive around the world in three years. Thanks for coming to The Sanctuary today. Thank you, Israel. Thank you very much, Israel. We're very happy to be here. All right. So how did this whole thing start? Um, big question. So the whole thing started in uh, about two years and a half ago. Uh, we were actually on a road trip down to Croatia from Paris. And uh, one evening we were like, gosh, now we have to you know, turn around and go back to Paris. And uh, we just wanted this trip to never end. So that's how it, uh, it all sort of came into our mind of how could we continue this journey for forever. And uh, one evening we, in the camp, uh, in the camping inside our tent, we started looking at uh, how much would it cost to do such a trip. And so when we looked at the prices and we said, okay, this is actually doable because we had crazy prices in mind. We had 80,000, 100,000 per year, which was insane prices. And so we thought we'd have to wait for retirement. But when we saw that it costed about 20,000 euros per year, which is still a lot of money, but doable, uh, we were thinking, okay, this is something we could probably start putting aside and working on. So that was one of the ideas. The second idea, which is the one that really pushed us into doing it, is we were thinking what would be uh, our regret on our deathbed. And uh, both of us said it would be a world tour. And so we looked at each other and we said, that's hilarious. We both have the same idea. So let's try and make it happen. And so we decided to do it now instead of retirement. And uh, that's how it all started. Wow. Yeah, you know, I guess having that whole... Uh, I guess regret minimization framework where, hmm, what will I be saying? I wish I did when I'm on my deathbed. That is a, that's a great approach. How did you guys meet actually? We met at university in Belgium. Uh, we were both students at the time, but we really bonded on the, on the travel element from scratch. And our first date was a road trip in, in Belgium, actually. Not very exotic, but uh, efficient. And then we never stopped like, traveling together. <laughs> That's beautiful. And, okay, so I remember driving into Halifax and just seeing this truck get into the gas station. And I was, you know, intrigued. I'm like, okay, I need to find out more. And then I saw you guys were on Instagram. And how much, I mean... From the website, from the map you've drawn, you have this whole journey plan planned out. But how long did it take you to map out um, your journey? Mm -hmm. It took us about two years. So when we first had this idea, uh, it took us about two years to sort of put everything together because there was the mapping out, like you said. And so what we were doing is um, if you were to look at our Google Maps, we would have pins all over the, the, the world. And so it sort of uh, created an itinerary for us because we would see where all of the locations we were interested were were saved. And we got all of these ideas by watching uh, TV shows, movies, reading books, uh, hearing from other friends coming from holidays. And every time we had a location we were interested, right away we would pin it down on Google Maps because that would save us so much time and work. And... Um, so that was one thing we were doing. Secondly, while we were preparing the itinerary, we were thinking, okay, let's just 
draw a rough line through the through a through the world and see what are all of the countries we would like to do and then look at what is feasible so we would you know cross out some countries because we're like nope that country is not possible today at all and it probably won't be possible within the next five years uh you know bhutan is actually really hard to get into so we, there's some countries like that where we had to cross them out and then we added other countries where we said actually oh no it is possible to get in so today uh, ethiopia and sudan we thought it would be difficult to get in because of what's happening but actually we see other travelers getting in there so we added them to our list so it took us about two years but in the meantime of course we were working on saving the money for the trip and also working on preparing the car uh, and at the same time preparing all the administrative where um, what do we need to bring the car overseas? Uh, does the car need a passport? Are our passports up to date? Do we need visa? Uh, things like that. It, I mean, it was a lot of work, but two years to do everything in general. Wow. <laughs> oh man. And okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a... you, you have this whole two years, um, you know, from information, gathering data and then drawing this map out. How was that very first day drive out of? And what country did you take off from? We left from France, uh, from the eastern part of France in the Alps. And uh, yeah, the first day was strange. It was kind of a mix of like uh, super excitement and like, you know, like we're living for a world tour. And at the same time, you're on a highway in Germany because, you know, like we were going up north to Scandinavia. So Denmark, Sweden, uh, Norway and Finland. And, uh, our first two days were just actually highway in Germany. For the rest of the trip, we were avoiding like long highways, but you know, we were just trying to reach our first destination. And so the excitement of the beginning was replaced by like, oh, this highway is so boring. Uh, and so we were, yeah, it was a bit of a mix, but, um, <laughs> but it was very emotional. I think when we left, we, our family came to say goodbye. Uh, all at the same place in the Alps. Yeah, we even threw a party where we had 60 of our friends come over at Mathilde's house and we had like four days of organization before they all arrived and we had a massive two days together where we were just at home having dinner, having the car and my brother would DJ from the car. He was in the side of the back of the car and he would DJ from the car. So it was really, really a lot of fun, this departure. Mm. Mm, mm. And then... Was social media always a part of the plan? Because, you you know, you have the YouTube thing going, you have Instagram going. Was that also part of this two-year plan you had for your trip? So I think it came quite naturally because we love sharing our travels. Even before, you know, like the world tour, when we were traveling, we would already um, do a video, not necessarily put it on public on YouTube, but we would already do a video for the family. We would already, like, update our social media. And the world tour was so that it was resonating with people we were talking to. And so we thought it would be nice to share like the whole preparation and then naturally the preparation evolved in the journey. So for us, it's also kind of a little project mm. to document thoroughly everything we do on the road because we see, yeah, people, people like to hear about that. It's inspiring in some ways. And we also get tons of uh, feedback and new ideas. We get tons of recommendation from ourselves sharing the journey. So we feel that the more we give, the more we receive, um, both in real life, but especially on social media. 
A good example would be um, that since we started posting on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, we received tons of invitation from people all over the world. Now we have a list of like, what, 70 people mm -hmm. in every continent who said, guys, this is a cool project. I love traveling as well. I live in Guatemala or I live in Iran or I live in India. Uh, if you pass by my hometown, uh, stop and I'll host you. And the best part of the traveling for us is meeting people. Man, that's so that yeah. is very cool. And since we're in Canada, Canadians are winning. I think our list, uh, the biggest quarter of population on our list is Canadians. Canadians are in love yeah. with this trip. So go, go Canada. <laughs> and that's facilitated by social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go Canada. Hmm. So... I mean, I love the Instagram and I think one of the videos that you had on your YouTube that got most traction was talking about the build of the car. So I know you had this whole two year plan for the trip, but the car itself was the journey of the car. The Albatross? The car is from 2012, which is actually a pretty recent Land Rover Defender because they stopped building them in January uh, 2016. So ours is one of the latest ones, the latest model anyways. And uh, luckily, uh, we knew we had two types of cars in mind. We had either the Land Rover Defender or a Toyota 70 series, which is a Troopy, which looks really similar. Uh, they're, they're both very uh, clunky and old style looking. And um, we went for the Defender just because it was cheaper in Europe and easier to get. Uh, luckily when we had put all the alerts online of, you know, purchasing a secondhand vehicle, we found this one in uh, France and we knew it was the right one because it looked exactly the way we wanted it because it already had the interior set up. It already had a pop-up roof, meaning that we can stand inside, which was one of our criterias. And, uh, it was also at a good price. So the same day we took the car and we drove like 10 hours from Brussels all the way into the center of France visited the car and on the spot put the payment and the lady was so nice because she said uh, look I really love your project I know the money will arrive in my bank in like three four days but you know what I trust you you can leave with it right now and we were like wow this lady's so cool and so we left with two cars back to Brussels and she didn't even have the money yet and we yeah. were like wow she's really nice and she sent us a little gift after before we left like two little mugs for the trip that we still have uh, she sent us photos things like that so we still talk to her she's really <laughs> she's really emotional about the car she even said after the trip we want to buy it back from you and we said if it still works then maybe but um so that's how we got the car and then uh. yeah we started building it out ourselves to make it more world tour comfortable because before it was more uh off-road comfortable people were using it mostly to go off-road uh the guy before us did do south america with it um so it has done a little bit of a trip before our purchase and uh, why did we call it albatross? Uh, the reason is because we were looking at which animal we could represent the car to. And the albatross is the only bird out there that flies about 70,000 to 100,000 kilometers per year. So it's actually a huge traveler. And so we thought it would be perfect because we're traveling about 100K kilometers per year as well. So we said it would be the perfect comparison. Plus the car's white, the albatross is white. So uh, for us, it was the perfect uh, mix. And that's why we called it the Albatross. Mm. 
And the build video, I mean, there's some, I know you said when you got it, the person had already done some work, but you put in a lot of work into the albatross too, right? Yeah, we, so we did like a lot of this setup inside was already here, but we still like rearranged like the whole like couching areas. We had an entire piece of furniture because we needed more storage. So we removed the seats and built an entire piece of furniture. Um, Nicola had it some storage all around the car because yeah, what, what was there was good for like smaller expeditions, but not for like transforming this car into a home. So we had, we added like huge amount of storage, which is like always the, the, the main challenge in, in that kind of vehicle because it's really not big. And then, um, we had to replace the water tank to have something that was like also more reliable. Eventually outside, Nick did a lot of the setup. Maybe you want to. Yeah, we added uh, extra jerry cans, uh, recovery kit boxes. We added on the hood, uh, camping, like a huge bag that's on the hood. So when we're driving, we can actually see the bag in front of it. In front of us, it has all the camping gear, tent, sleeping bag, camping chairs, uh, also the shower tent in it. And we didn't want anything on the roof because we didn't want the car to tip over when we we're doing off-road. And we also wanted it to fit in the containers, so no roof rack. So yeah, we did, let's say, 30% of the job ourselves. The other 50% was already in the car when we purchased it. And the last 20% is things we did with the garage with a specialist because, uh, yeah, it's things that we didn't have the materials for or the knowledge. But Solar panels. And the solar panels. So we did get some partners who helped us out. Uh, we got eight different partners who helped us out with different uh, uh, mechanical parts, so like the solar panels. We got free pouches. We got um, We got also spare parts. So we got tons of little partners that help us out throughout the trip and we all handpicked them. So we wrote to them instead of them writing to us. And luckily they all said yes, which is perfect uh, because we didn't want any, uh, we didn't want to have a random brand give us something that we've never seen or tested before. So, yep. Okay, I'm actually fascinated about that because um, what you're embarking on is a massive, massive project. It's, it's three years. It's a long, long time. So um, how did you choose the partners that you worked with and how did you even approach them? Because, you know, it's, it's still an ask you're making, right? What we did is we had an Instagram account, which is still the same one we have today, Next Meridian Expedition. And we had probably... 20 photos on there because we had just started. We had some photos of Iceland. So we had some photos to show off, right? And we were already, we already knew how to do photos and videos. So we knew, our, so our quality was already okay. It wasn't really a basic. So the, I was able to show off the profile and I used Instagram as a platform to get the sponsors. The reason why is because Instagram gives them directly a view and a feel of what we're all about how we make pictures, how we make videos, uh, how many followers we have, even though at that time we probably had 300, 400 followers. So it was really low. But luckily, because of the pitch that I wrote via Instagram to those determined companies, it was a very short paragraph pitch saying, hey, we love your company. We love these products from your company. So first I talked about them. Then I talked about us saying, this is the trip we have. Uh, and this is the plan that we wish to do. It's a big trip. And I told them the data. So for example, it's a three years, 88 countries, all the seven continents. And um, 
it's going to be me and Mathilde, and this is the car. And then I send them the itinerary, which is what works really well, because when people see the map with all the lines throughout the world, they go, wow, this thing is insane. Um, and so just with that short paragraph and that picture, it was enough uh, to convince sponsors to say, okay, let's do this. And luckily, with a lot of our partnerships, uh, there isn't too much um, ex work exchange in the sense that they gave us products. We have to do a few posts where we tag them, of course. We can we send them the rights to the videos if they want to do their own videos or photos for their own marketing. But we don't have other, let's say, homework for them each month, which is heavy on us. For us, it's pretty uh, easy. And for them, it's very helpful. So that's perfect for us because we want to focus on the trip and not focus on talking about products the whole time. Yeah, and I think the... The, the post that we had to do, we didn't have even to talk about them or like very little. It was more like, oh, if we use it, we tag it. And if it works, we like maybe highlight it, but that's it. So it feels very natural eventually. And we continue doing it because some of those people, yeah, they, they gave us things when we had 300 followers. So it works great. So yeah, we don't mind tagging them. And I think another thing that Nick mentioned, he wrote on Instagram also because when you write on Instagram, you end up directly sending a message to the marketing people or like the people who manage that kind of like sponsorship partnerships. So that's also a good way of yeah, you, you get the right person directly instead of asking for the right person via email, which might be a bit of a cold way to receive a message because on email you receive tons of them and there's no like, let's say there's no emotion with an email that on Instagram you can get emotions. So yeah, so I, I, I would recommend Instagram to anyone if you're looking for partnerships. It works really well. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, because the fit that uh, with the partners, you made sure it's a great fit. And then the um, images on your Instagram and the videos on YouTube look great. So, but okay, the journey so far has been four, four months in. How's it been so far for you guys? Um, Great. I think the <laughs> yeah, bottom line is great because yeah. I mean... Before you leave, you don't know, right? You have, you're full of dream. You're full of like, oh, that's what I want to do with my life. But you might end up not enjoying it. Um, in our case, moving into a two square meter, meter car um, happened very naturally. Uh, everyone asks us like, but like, how do you do? Like always the two of you, like in two square meters, aren't you, aren't you getting annoyed? And no, not really. Um, we're having a lot of fun. We love discovering. We keep moving. We keep meeting people. Um, and even the little challenges that we had around the road, like we keep them at good memories. I know it's what people always say, but that's true. Our starter broke in Quebec and we met a lot of people on the road because we needed people to help us push the car every time we needed to turn the engine on. So, yeah, no, it's it's doing great. We feel at our place. We feel that we are doing what we wanted to do and we feel rewarded with this in, in every way. So Yeah, and I would almost add we went through three phases of uh, questioning and emotions. So the very first day when we leave, like, you know, the all the family and the 60 friends that came and you know we spent the whole weekend with we were like wow we're going to miss our friends and the first day was tough and actually like three days later we were super excited to be on the road and we're like yes this is amazing 
And then a month later, we were like, this is even getting better. We're even more excited because now we know how the car works. We know how to live in the car. We know how to make sure, you know, we're not stepping on each other's feet or leaving a mess in the car so that, you know, because it's so small, you can't start leaving your clothes everywhere. So we started really getting into a sink of being able to share that confined space. And how do we drive? And then we, then the third phase, the last phase is the rhythm mm. of the drive. So like we try to stop at 5, 6 p.m. max so that we have time to cook because everything takes longer when you're on the road. And so now we're really in sync. When we got back to, uh, into Germany after the first three months of the trip and shipped it to Hamburg, uh, to Halifax, sorry, where, we, where you saw our car, uh, well, not Halifax, but a bit further, well, we had to reset the rhythm because we had been off-road, off, you mean, away from the car for a month waiting for it to get shipped. And we had to regain that rhythm. So it took us almost like two, three weeks. But then again, now, right now, which is exactly sort of four months in a week, we are back to the rhythm we knew and we're actually super happy and there's no regrets at all. We never have a moment where we think, gosh, I kind of wish I was back at work. Gosh, I wish I could see my friends. Yes, we'd love to see them, but we're so happy to be here. Mm, mm. Yeah. Now let's talk about the name of this adventure. You are, you guys are embarking <laughs> next Meridian. Um, what's the story there? Um, yeah, we're looking for a name for this project uh, because it was, you know, it was a big project for us. So we wanted to have like a way to refer to it and also to share the project that would be, um, that would have a meaning for, for everyone. We choose Next Meridian for like the geographical reference. So the meridians are those like vertical lines that are like cutting the, the earth in different sections from North Pole to South Pole. And we like this vertical line mm. because you kind of like, when you travel like we do, you kind of jump from one meridian to another. So we called it next meridian to have this idea of movement. Um, originally, we were supposed to live directly from, uh, from Scandinavia to Russia. Uh, but uh, recent events pushed us to switch a bit the itinerary around. We're going to do the same uh, countries except for Russia, but in another order. But when we first planned, really, we were going from one meridian to another all the way to Australia, you see. So it was really kind of like passing those lines one by one. Mm. And so we like this idea, like we look at the GPS coordinates and we see like the the meridian, so the the latitude changing uh, every time that we move somewhere else. And it, it gives this idea of progress and uh, of motion that we really enjoy. Yeah. And we called it expedition at the end because um, th there's different names that you might hear like overlanding mm. and overlanding means people that live over the land on their vehicle and it could be any type of vehicle. Uh, expedition is more some person that are going faster through a mission or a project and since three years seems like a lot it's actually not a lot for 88 countries because if you average out the 52 weeks per year with 88 countries then it's actually a two week per country sort of average which is very little when you're trying to visit and Canada itself it's you can't do it in two weeks so there's countries where we're going much faster than two weeks and some others like Canada Australia the US where we're going to spend like two months and so it's going to be tough to keep it in three years, but that's the mission. And that's why it's an expedition because we're, you know, we're going through, we're going to push through. Mm, mm. Um, and then talking of the three years and the time, like, uh, do you, I mean, do you have certain, so we are going to be in this country between this day and this day. Do you ever stretch or shorten it? And what would influence that decision? 
Yeah, so the three years was a, a rational choice based on budget. Um, so we were we were also limited because of the money component. Um, in in practice, we would need a bit more time to make it like smoother and making sure that we can spend enough time in in every region we want to. Um, but we're not, you know, if we need to spend a bit more time, we will do it and we'll try to find like additional sources of funding or we will finish the, the journey another time. Um, at the moment, the big um, elements that like have maybe delayed us on the original program have been the shipping of the car. Um, we lost, I think, a good two weeks uh, on the shipping of the car, mm -hmm. uh, which delayed us a bit. And then there is just places where we spend a bit more time than, than planned, like uh, shifting the itinerary around. As I said, we're starting the Americas in Halifax when we're supposed to start the Americas in Vancouver. So, you know, you still need then to cross the entire width mm. of Canada and we wanted to go to Alaska. So you're even further away from that. So that is also incurring a bit of delay on the original planning. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're trustful that we will identify like new sources of funding that will help us, you know, maybe complete the entire project because the last leg of the itinerary is Africa and we really want to do it. Uh, so we hope that we will still have the necessary budget to complete that last leg. Yep, mm. exactly. Mm. Okay, and then the other thing is you started this journey a couple of months ago. The world was in a totally different place. But over the last couple of months, weeks, things have changed, you know, uh, fiscally and with the economies of the different countries you've driven to through. Um, I know you had an amount in mind for your journey. Has the, I guess, inflation affected anything? Are you having to tweak things around because of that? Yes, uh, we have, let's say, three sort of, and since now we're on this side of the world in Canada and then the US, uh, it's not helping us out, that's for sure. Uh, the second one is fuel prices have shot up all over the world. Mm -hmm. And um, we were at two point, so $3.1 in Scandinavia, so in Norway and, and all. Uh, we got here, so we think the fuel here is cheaper but it's still very expensive because we know that the cheap the, the, the fuel got really expensive in Canada as well. So for us, it feels cheaper, but everyone around us tells us it's expensive. So that's the second uh, component. And the third component is shipping. Shipping has shot up as well. So uh, we had to pay almost eight times the normal price because uh, it shot up from, from COVID moment. So uh, these are three things that are definitely going to harm our budget. But... Um, our average, as you were asking, our average, we were thinking of our budget for two people was 1,500 per month, euros. Uh, however, since we started with the most expensive countries being Scandinavia, uh, and then now Canada and the US, our budget is twice that. So it's really literally double. Uh, we have a budget app so that we're both following and we're inserting all of our expenses, every cent we pay. And the idea is to sort of keep an upgrade update on how much we're spending, where are we spending too much, what can we improve, uh, and whatnot, so that hopefully we have a better idea of how much is left. But again, we started with the most expensive countries. We're going to now go, I mean, soon into Mexico, South America. We still have all of Asia. And so if you think about South America, Asia, and Africa, these are 
places where it's much cheaper to live. And so for us, it's going to probably cut the budget even divided by two. So hopefully this average we had calculated about 1,500 euros per month for two will probably level out in a few months, maybe by the end of this year or even halfway next year, we would sort of catch up to what we were expecting. So this is something we're, finger, we're crossing our fingers for because again, if we spend too much, then we'll probably do two years instead of three years. Fascinating, fascinating what you guys are doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So wh- what part of the world are you at now and where where's the next, uh, I guess, lap of the journey taking you guys? Now we're in the Canadian Rockies and we love it. Uh, it's more touristy than what we used to do, but it's uh, very fun and very beautiful. Like we enjoy a lot the wilderness around here. And next, we're going to somewhere even wilder. We're going up north to Alaska. Um, we're actually meeting up with two other Land Rover Defender and travelers. Um, and then we're going to drive in a convoy, the three of uh, the three cars together, up to Alaska um, and in specifically Prudhoe Bay, which is the beginning of the, the Pan American road so we're really looking forward because alaska is this legendary mm. territory for us i i feel it's even more f- coming from europe we even have even more like ideas about what it is this wild and remote place so yeah we're finishing up jasper now and then on the road to alaska wow 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 okay yeah <laughs> you know i know you have uh, your itinerary planned so i want to try and not keep you for long i'll let you go with this question though You've mapped this whole thing out. You know where you're going and you are adjusting as you're proceeding on this expedition. Now, three years is done. You've done the whole countries and you're back, I'm guessing, back at France. Uh, What happens? Do you have any plan for when you get back to France after the three years? (laughs) (laughs) That's a... That's a very that's a very tough uh, question, but it's a very interesting one for sure. And I bet a lot of people would be interested because we've received that question many times. Um, I think there's two answers to that for us. The first answer is since we're still fresh, let's say it's only four months since we've left and we're fresh and let's say out of work, we still have somewhere inside of us that work mentality. So we're thinking today, right? If this thing will, the idea will change by the end of the three years. But today, what we have as an idea is pick the best country we've traveled to out of mm. the 88. Uh, so far, we have little ideas of which ones they would be, but it might change. And so we would love to go there and go back to our work, uh, work environment and sort of, you know, go through the next steps of life. But after three years, the second answer is, our mentality, our feelings, our needs, our wants would have changed so much because of, you know, we're starting now with developed countries which are similar at the end to where we're from, but we're going to go through South America and Asia and Africa, which are places, you know, for us will be a huge experience. And so our mentality will definitely change. And maybe we'll say, okay, actually, I don't want to go back to that work environment I knew or that big city I knew. I'd like to change it up and, you know, go smaller or do different so it's really hard to answer. Today, we have an idea. We would love South Africa, Kenya, Brazil. It could be France as well, back to France. But who knows in three years what it would be? And what if, you know, we 
grow on YouTube or Patreon or sponsors are giving are giving a, a helping hand to our trip, then why not travel for more years? So so many things could could happen. And we were even discussing it uh, a month ago, just just laughing out loud uh, in the car. We're thinking, what if after the world tour by car, we would do a world tour by by boat? You know, we would get a sailing boat and do it. And what if we got a small pl plane, you know, those two passenger planes, and we would do a six months around the world? So there's so many ideas that come to us. And I'm sure we'll get millions of ideas during the trip because you're so free in your mind to think about so many things and discuss about whatever you have in your mind because, you know, you're not in that work environment anymore. So... Tough question. We have some ideas, but I think they will change 20, 30 times within the next three years. Wow. Yeah. And if I want to add something is we we know we're going to grow a lot with this journey, mm. and but we don't know how. And it, we don't want to presume how because we want to, you know, give ourselves the opportunity of like really figuring it out on our own. And now we need to live that kind of travel moment, doing the things we love. So like filming, sharing, writing. Mm -hmm. And then if we can make something out of it, or if we want to make something out of it, we'll do it. If we want to go back to corporate, you know, living in Paris, we will do it. But we cannot presume that now. So the real question back is, are we going to go back to France in three years? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no idea. But you know, we're we're loving this. <laughs> oh, I love your laugh as well. It's so it's so contagious. <laughs> oh man, yo, this is this is has been very interesting. You know, from just seeing this amazing looking car, I'm wondering what is going on with the car, and, and reaching out to you guys and just talking. And I, I I've just had a wonderful experience getting to know you, and I think you know. Um, I know you've driven past Canada and stuff, but I, I have a feeling that you'll be hearing a lot more from me as time goes, as you are moving forward in your journey, definitely on Instagram and other means of communication. So I just want to say, first off, thanks for being inspiring on this expedition you're going. And also thanks for coming to the sanctuary today. Yeah, Israel, thank you so much for having us. Honestly, uh, when you wrote to us on Instagram, we were both looking at each other like, wow, this is an awesome opportunity. We've never been on an audio podcast before. And plus, we get to meet you and you were very nice to have written. So thank you so much for having us on The Sanctuary. We are really looking forward to hear from you again. Write to us whenever. We'll all, always answer. And uh, if there's an opportunity to go further together, then that would be amazing. Um, yeah, so thank you very much. Yeah, meet us on the road, Israel. And you can, can continue come. the discussion. Exactly. Come meet us on the road and we can have a live discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I can totally follow where you guys are like, oh, I'm going to be in that country or that city. I'll check these people out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Israel.